Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast with your host, Charles. Enjoy. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 36 of the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast. It's Charles, and today I'm going to be sitting down with Bitcoin Birch, the founder of Lunar Invest and a partner at Lunar Capital. And today we're going to be talking about a number of things. Uh, we're going to be talking about creating successful startups. Uh, Birch has been a part of a ton. Um, he started his career at Grubhub, has had a few ventures since then, and is now working on Lunar Invest and Lunar Capital. Um, we're also going to be talking about you know what it takes to be an entrepreneur, uh, some of the skills required, um, and that mentality that you have to have. And then lastly, we're going to talk about failures and uh, what it takes to kind of pick yourself back up, brush the dirt off, and start that next venture when you do fail. Um, because there's a common thing when speaking with most entrepreneurs and that it's they failed once or twice, three, five, ten times uh, before starting that successful venture that really takes off. Um, and a lot of people get discouraged, you know, after that first failure um, and they quit that entrepreneur lifestyle. Um, and they go back to working or, you know, doing whatever it is they were doing before. Um, and so we're going to be talking about how you can, you know, avoid that and continue down that path to create that successful business that you're trying to start. So without further ado, here's Birch. So before we really jump into everything, can you just give us a little bit of background on yourself and what you were doing before you found cryptocurrencies? Um, and then kind of that transition into crypto and all the projects that you've worked on since then? Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, it's we all have kind of a unique story or a unique starting point um, kind of as we got into the, the cryptocurrency space. My background has primarily been with smaller companies and startups. Um, I was previously with um, an app called or a startup, you know, called Grubhub, uh, food delivery app, very popular here in the States. Um, you know, and I, I worked in, in sales and, you know, really fell in love with product and product design and, um, just really started thinking about different ways I can use technology to solve problems. Um, but I got into the crypto space, uh, in 2015, I like to call it a space. Some people call it industry, whatever. Um, I like the space references as you'll, as you'll note later, uh, in 2015 and I kind of got onto crypto Twitter in 2017 and have been working full time in the industry ever since. So it's funny, you mentioned a, a small company called Grubhub, but I think everyone's heard of Grubhub. Um, Definitely stateside, you've heard of Grubhub for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think most of my listeners are coming from the States, um, so they've probably heard of Grubhub. But okay, so you got in in 2015, hopped on Twitter in 2017. I think Twitter's this huge tool that was very underutilized for a while uh, on my side of things. Um, and I've really started, you know, getting out there on Twitter, but, um, okay. So what are, what are some of the projects that you've worked on since getting into the space? Yeah. So I actually, we'll start with a little pet peeve. I actually hate calling them projects. I just feel like, uh, that's just a pet peeve. I'm not shitting on you at all. I, I just, I hate calling them projects myself because, uh, I feel like there's so much money and time invested into them by so many people oftentimes. Um, and we have all this, you know, speculation behind it that, you know, frankly, um, a project kind of undervalues it for me um that's just a pet peeve i just want to put that out there but you can call it whatever you want um for me 
I have tried to be select. I think probably like you, I try to be select. I mean, I get so many DMs, dude, from like, you know, shitbag companies that that want to. <laughs> will you be an advisor? And I'm like, does it, you know, for, for me, for starters, um, I respond immediately. Does that require me to tweet about you or talk about you in any way? And if the answer is yes, uh, then it's, then it's a dead deal for me. But, um, long story short, I, I, I work with three other startups in the space in the industry. Um, and actually a couple of startups outside of crypto. One is called OmniSparks. It's a community management platform, um, really great software application there. Um, one is BXE Exchange, which many people have probably heard of. You know, I, I've worked in some capacity close to their team here in Chicago. Just our, our offices are so close together that uh, I've kind of worked with them for almost two years now. Um, and so that's been a lot of fun. And then Hero, uh, Hero Games, which is, in my opinion, the best way to stack sats. It's really the best way to uh, to earn crypto and, and trade in a gamified way. So I'm, I'm really passionate about the different companies I work with. And all three of them are based out of Chicago. So it's important that I get like hands-on experience and stuff like that. Not just, you know, shills, shills for thrills, if you will. There we go. Yeah. I, you know, I'm sure anyone with a somewhat large following has gotten the DM saying, Hey, would you like to promote our product or our company? Um, and it sounds like you've kind of taken on, you, you, you like to get a lot more invested in these um, companies. I want to startups. advise, right? And if I'm going to be an advisor, I want to advise. There we go. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, you, you don't want to be a paid shill. Um, so you <laughs> talked about right. Hero, Beeksy, and OmniSparks. Um, those are some of the bigger names, and I'm sure people on Twitter have heard it. Uh, they've seen you know some of the marketing campaigns that have been done. Um, yeah. so, okay, so you were at Grubhub, and you made that transition, and now... You say you have, you know. Well, dude, I was the crazy one at, I'm sure so many people can relate, man. I was the crazy one at, at work who had like six trading view charts open at any given time. And this was like, this is like Ethereum $8 days. I was day trading um, on Coinbase, on GDAX at the time. I was day trading Ethereum candles, you know, uh, sitting at my desk. So I was like the nerd who wouldn't shut up about this stuff for a while and then my friend and someone who turned into my business partner uh, turned me on to Twitter as just a place to get information and then I don't know I uh, the rest just kind of worked out it wasn't intentional um, but you know I was that guy for the longest time just like getting wrecked losing so much Ethereum at $8 a pop you can't even believe it <laughs> it's just unreal I'm sure many unreal. people are you know kind of in that boat right now where they're still sitting at work and they're you know, charting when they can. Yeah. And uh, nothing wrong with that, man. You've been fortunate enough and you all are at least getting paid for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. You've been bold enough doing. to take that leap and kind of, you know, work on this bold, stuff. stupid, whatever you want to call it. I, been something. <laughs> I, I, I consider it a little bit of both. I like to say bold just so that I don't feel like an idiot. Um, yeah. <laughs> but okay. So you, you've got these couple of companies and startups that you're working for. Um, but the big ones that I do want to talk about are Lunar Invest and Lunar Capital. So can you just give us a rundown of what those are and your involvement with both of them? Yeah, Lunar Capital is basically just an investment fund. We focus on investing and actively trading uh, digital assets, cryptocurrencies. Um, we do explore equity deals and things like that. Uh, and it, it's just your traditional investment fund. Um, and it's for accredited investors or non-US um, investors. And that's obviously something that I'm passionate about is, is 
uh, kind of thinking about this market at a high level. I don't do a lot of the day trading. I don't do any of the day trading actually for our fund. Um, but you know, at a high level, getting to put kind of my thoughts into some of our strategy is what I really enjoy. Um, but on on the big side, my day to day is uh, you know I co-founded a, a platform called Lunar, which is set to launch the beta here coming up in a few days. Actually, um, really within a week, uh, kind of worst case scenario, um, and it's basically just a platform that allows the average crypto investor to actually diversify their portfolio in an intelligent way uh, and rebalance that portfolio over time. Um, so, you know, what I've really learned, Charles, is that most people in this industry don't trade. They just don't. And it's probably for good reason because they're terrible at it. Um, and they lose money and even good traders, uh, can lose money if they don't understand risk management, even people who are good technically. Uh, and there's a lot of charters and not a lot of actual traders in my opinion, like in most of our industry right now. So building a product for traders didn't really make a lot of sense for me. Instead, I kind of wanted to build a product for Main Street. And this isn't so much meant to be a pitch as it is trying to get the public to understand why I believe investing in indexes is the smartest thing that a retail or average or 80% of crypto enthusiasts or investors should be doing. Uh, and that's what Lunar allows you to do. Allows you to buy an index, uh, a cryptocurrency index, um, customize it and, and really take control of your portfolio. I mean, I completely agree with that. Um, so you do have, there's Lunar Invest and Lunar Capital. Um, so one of them's more for the accredited investors, foreign investors. And then you have this one that's kind of for, like you were saying, the everyday average Joe. And you talked about the fact that, you know, there's a lot of people who are charting and not trading. Um, yeah. And in my opinion, I agree with that. I don't think there are that many people out there who are actively trading and like you were saying a lot of people don't know how to trade and i think the easiest way for people to get involved is to buy an index dollar cost average uh, these are things that are seen as kind of boring in a lot of people's eyes but i think it's a surefire strategy um, well the problem is i i don't know i think some people know what an index is on average so we have to definitely educate but then no one knows how to buy one because it can't be bought i mean it, before we built this platform it was it's it's almost impossible for your average enthusiast uh, to easily manage any type of indexed portfolio um, without going on to Binance and then manually buying each of the coins at the specified weight that they're supposed to hold in that particular index. Um, and so people you know might not necessarily even know what one is, and then once they learn what one is, they don't know how to buy one. Um, so first, we really just have to stress uh, that even those people who are trading, they're probably not outperforming the average index. Uh, and, you know, we can definitely talk about the data uh, for sure, because I know a lot of people want to hear about that. Yeah, definitely. We can get into that. Um, I think it's it's kind of been proven in traditional markets that for 100%. the most part, you can't beat the market. Um, <laughs> and these index funds tend to do very well. So I like that you guys have put together a fund, an index for crypto. Um, you know, a lot of people that I talk to who are very casual investors are they they sign up for Coinbase and they buy a little bit of Bitcoin, a little bit of Litecoin, a little bit of, of Ethereum, but there's no data behind it. There's no kind of right, and there's no rebalancing taking place if necessary. There's exactly. no real active management of that. 
So then it collects dust. It becomes a long-term investment, which is fine. And this product is for long-term investors, but it becomes one that's unintelligently managed. Um, and so with Lunar, you would your friend in that example would just connect his Lunar account to his Coinbase account. And it would just he would buy, then, rebalance, sell, et cetera? It would show him the available indexes, basically the indexes that are out there. Because we're not making up our own. We're not just like, hey, what do we think is a good portfolio? We're using Anthony Popliano's index. We're using Bitwise 20 and, and the Bitwise 10. We're using... Um, like the Bloomberg Galaxy Index, we're using the Coinbase 12 Index. So basically, we we have these preset indexes that are available to you as an investor. You can compare and contrast past performance, backtest them on our platform, and just really see what makes the most sense for you. Select that index, modify it in any way you see for the fit. You know, if you want to slightly increase the Bitcoin exposure, decrease it, or whatever. Uh, and then instantly, um, you know, add that index, you know, that that new portfolio, if you will, to your uh, to your existing portfolio. It becomes your portfolio, and um, that's a that's a tool I think is necessary. Do you have uh, any guess as to first of all, uh, just for the purpose of a timestamp, how much is Bitcoin up in 2019 so far? Uh, it's quick, what, it quick was look. 3,500. It hit. 14k almost right now it's sitting at about yeah 10 what is it two and two believe so i just don't happen to have a trading view chart up at this yeah, exact yeah, moment me, i'm trying to uh, pull one up coinbase is sitting at 10206 okay 10206 so what was the what was uh the jan first price do we know i'm just gonna pull it up for the yeah, listeners because I, I can pull it up i, I want quick. I think this is what is going to drive value ultimately to someone who's listening um, is really understanding that you don't need Lunar or any fancy product to, to kind of get this. But, um, you know, I'm looking at the, the Bitcoin chart right now. And so it's low is about thirty two hundred. Right. I'm, so just this year, though. Uh, so January 1st, like if you bought like on January 1st, January. it was about 4K. Yeah. And which means that currently uh, Bitcoin's up about 150% on the year. We can all agree on that, uh, which is, you know, pretty exciting performance. Um, in my opinion, if you are the average investor, which is who's listening to this podcast, you know who you are. It's everyone. Um, let's be honest. There's no like, <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, so this if you're the average for those people, <laughs> every crypto Twitter is those, it's me, man. It's you, dude. Yeah. Like we're like, you know, at the end of the day, like I can have this fancy fund and all that nonsense, but we have a big team who like are, is way smarter. I'm your average investor. Yeah. What I look, what I when I look at having exposure to the cryptocurrency marketplace as an investor, because I have exposure to the stock market, I have cash exposure, you know, metals, etc. When I look at that exposure, I can't go all in on Bitcoin, no matter how much of a maximalist I am. Can't do that today i want mostly bitcoin but i can't go all in on just one asset that's not smart investing so how do i diversify in an intelligent way well my favorite index right now is the bitwise digital asset index fund it was structured by pomp everyone knows pomp right it's got 10 constituents or otherwise known as coins bitcoin makes up 83 percent of this portfolio so that de-risks you a bit from bitcoin and then um there's a multitude of other cryptos including ethereum and and things like that. Now, this is going to evolve over time. But if you, as a person, which you are, and me as a person, wanted to buy this particular index, I just have to go onto Binance and guess what eighty-five percent of my portfolio should be in Bitcoin. You know, go through it. 
So why buy it? Well, because this year it's up 145%. We just talked about how Bitcoin's up 149%. So you're on par from a USD standpoint, you're up 135% of this year versus USD in 2019. You mean to tell me that that you're not pleased with those kinds? Of course you are. And from a couple of studies or little, not studies, that's a stupid thing to say, a couple of polls that I put on Twitter um, indicated that at least 60, 70% of people are, have potentially lost money this year, let alone outperformed 150%. The other people who haven't outperformed, you know, 150%, like only gotten 70% on the year, 50%. Look how many people could have benefited by holding an index. Now, but Birch, it's been a Bitcoin market, obviously a crypto portfolio that's 83%. Sure, but when you backtest these indexes like the Bitwise 20 over the previous alt season, the Bitwise 20 index outperformed Bitcoin 8,000% to 2,000%. So I just don't understand why people are overcomplicating it. I'm sorry, I completely took over the last five minutes, but I don't understand why people are overcomplicating investing in the crypto space. And no, so we're I, just trying I, to solve that. I really appreciate you talking about this. I, you know, you're the expert in this field, and I, w- I want you to come on. No, I'm no expert. I'm no expert. Uh, uh, okay, maybe, no expert. You know, been around for a few years now. Yeah, maybe not an expert, but I think. You know your your time and attention is focused a lot more on this than mine. Hundred percent, eighty hours a week. Absolutely. Yeah. So like that. when you come on, I I appreciate you just you know speaking and giving us all the knowledge that you have because you know anything I say is going to be you know a, a dumbed down version if anything of what you're saying. But I absolutely I do want to stress this. I I think people you know investing is a little bit boring and the crypto yep. space kind of revitalized investing and got people very excited on it. But I think people have lost touch with the fact that it, it's still this sort of boring thing. And you talk about how, you know, people are down on the year in USD. They haven't outperformed Bitcoin, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that kind of gets into the, well, well, it's been a Bitcoin market alt season. You know, they're looking for these huge increases in price. Um, but that's, that's gambling in my eyes. You know, this is proven, this is back tested. It's boring investing, but like you said, you know, this index is up 140 so percent on the year. And, and dude, you don't even have to do it with all your money, right? No. Like if you have one Bitcoin, let's say you have one Bitcoin, maybe, and this is not investment advice, but maybe you throw like 0.75 into an index, which is going to be mostly comprised of Bitcoin, which is right now where you want to be. Um, you let, you let the experts kind of manage on the back. And then with the other 0.25, you throw it in a Deribit or a BitMEX or a whatever futures or derivatives account that you're eligible to trade on or legally allowed to, and you gamble it away there. I mean, if you really <laughs> want to trade, at least do it with some leverage and and try to stack some sats while you're at it, you know? Um, just buying and holding these shit coins and then getting emotional about it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me but no it, i feel like people have it very wrong on i get a lot of my information and most of the people i talk to are on crypto twitter and i feel like you know they they have it very backwards in a sense um everyone's trying to get these huge gains and buy these random alts um and they're using max listen leverage. i think there's a place for that there so, is. i think there's a place for that right of there's course. like if, if if i again if i have one bitcoin maybe point one bitcoin is just hey man this quarter i get to splurge that's i get to put you know and go in on some shit coin i believe in i believe that should but without some type of risk people are putting their whole freaking portfolio into tezos 
<laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it just comes down to smart money management. And I think no doubt. allocating a larger portion of your portfolio to these quote unquote boring index is, you know, the right way to play this. Um, but okay, so we, we really dug deep on what Lunar Invest, Lunar Capital are. Uh, Lunar's launching very soon, you said within a couple of days, maybe a week. Um, and then you also talked about, you know, some of the previous project, sorry, not projects. I know that's a pet peeve of yours. <laughs> yeah. Um, previous companies and previous time. startups. You know, I say projects just because I feel like that's so fair. many of them aren't going anywhere and they're more <laughs> of a, a passion project in a sense. Um, you know, a lot of the people I talk to on here, especially they consider what their startups and companies are projects because it's, you know, and if they are side projects, I think that's fantastic. The problem is when we were calling like Neo, which had like a billion dollars in liquid assets, a project. There we go. Um, you know that that's where I that's where I first got like turned off by the term. But that's where you draw the not line. Not a hill I'm willing to die on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you, again, you talked. There's about... definitely projects that exist, but it weren't. It's not these ICOs that raise forty-seven million dollars. No. Let's start calling them companies and holding them accountable. Like companies should be held there accountable. There we go. You know, if I raise forty-five million dollars, you bet your ass I'm going to be extraordinarily accountable to a board and to other shareholders and uh, to my customer. You know, it's a process. And crypto it got lost on crypto somewhere in the mix there. Yeah. Um, the the space needed a good cleansing. There we go. Okay, so yeah, you talked you talked about some of these companies that you are currently working for that you've previously worked for. You talked about Lunar. Um, what I really wanted to discuss in this episode is this idea of failure, and I say it in quotes. I'm air quoting right now because I don't okay. think any you know company that goes under or any you know thing that you stop is technically a failure if you learn from it. Um, so can we just maybe talk about, cause I, I've heard some stories about, you know, companies or startups that you've founded, um, that you've poured some money into and a little bit down the line, you've realized, Hey, this isn't going to work. I need to pivot oh, man, I need yeah. to start something else. So can we talk about, you know, some of your previous failures and what you've learned from them? Um, you know, kind of talk about what you can do to kind of shake the dust off and start a new company get into a new, you know, startup. Um, just discuss all of that if possible. Yeah. One at a time. Let's definitely dive right, right in. Generally, uh, my thoughts on the subject are, are, you know, are pretty simple. The first, before we can get into that though, we just have to take a quick look at like expectation. There's so many people for some reason, actually there's not, I'm not surprised by it, but there's so many people who think that they want to solve some big problem or think that they want to be an entrepreneur or own a startup. And they may be more than capable, I think almost anyone is. I mean, it's not the hardest thing in the world. Um, executing and doing successfully is a completely different ballgame. But being an entrepreneur, being being a broke person who sits on your couch all day and doesn't have a job isn't that hard to do. Um, you know what I mean? So easy. first, I think you have to have a real conversation. Like everyone listening, the chances of you actually being cut out to be a successful entrepreneur is not much different than being actually cut out to be almost anything else. The, the fact is you have to like find your lane and a hundred percent of people can't be entrepreneurs. And right now it feels like that's what the, if you're 18 to 27, it feels like that's what you do at least half time. So um, if that's the case, take a serious look and try to figure out if maybe you're better off being, a, you know, uh, a big game player at a smaller startup or something like that. Uh, with that being said, how, 
you know, I started my first little tech business when I was 16. I was selling discounted like drop shipped electronics on eBay. And this was 15 years ago. So this is like way before drop shipping was like a Facebook ad trend. Um, you know, and I, I put some money into that and uh, failed and it didn't even, I didn't blink. I didn't even, you know, I just started another company. And basically all through college, I had just different random side hustles like so many of us do uh, while working full time, right? But what happened was I started, um, before I, before I got to Grubhub, I started getting really serious about trying to be a full-time like business owner. And, and the mistake I made was I sought out a problem, right? So what I did is I said, I want to be a business owner because I've enjoyed all this failure the last five years and, it, and, and I've still loved every moment of it. Um, I want to actually be like a real business owner, like quit my job and like actually do this. Like I want to like do it for real. Um, and this was years ago. This was, you know, probably eight years ago now. And what I did is I did just that. And then I went and found a problem. And the problem that I found at the time was that it was hard for the average 22 year old kid to figure out where they wanted to go tonight, like where they wanted to go and spend, you know, spend their night, what bars and nightclubs, that kind of crap. Now I realize in hindsight, like eight years later, every single college freshman male, uh, at least uh, in the United States has at one point had the idea. Uh, to like have some type of like networking app that allows you to like quickly see like guy girl ratio at a bar and like what places pop in and shit like that. Like I'm sure everyone has a friend who like had that same idea, but that was my idea too. And I put a, I put like all my money that, that I had saved up into this business and had like cool videos made and like all this shit. And I started going out to bars and like sitting with bar owners and, and talking through it. And they were like, we don't want to do any of that. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about, dude? Everyone wants to see your spot. They're like, we don't want to do any of that. I don't want to log in. And like I had this whole process where they would like log in and post a status update and like all this stupid shit. So like it just exploded in front of me as I started to do the market research $10,000 too late. Now I'm not talking about, I'm not, I wasn't some kind of, I was a 22 year old kid. It's not like I had all the money in the world. So um, you know, this is my, my own money. You know, I dropped out of college by the way at this point too. And so that was a massive failure. And then I moved into to trying to solve mobile payments at bars, you know, and mobile payments at bars was this huge problem. Like, why can't I just pay with my phone and leave? You know, who hasn't had that freaking idea? So I decided I want to implement it. And it was only about a year later and another, you know, probably 25 or $30,000 that at this point I had gone back to work and started um, funding it that way uh, that I realized I don't go to bars. So building a mobile payment solution for bars is not something that um, is going to work out when the, when the rubber really meets the road, right? I, I started to have to work and I hated every second of it. I was like, I don't care about this problem at all. I just thought I could get rich solving this good, this unique problem. So I think a lesson I learned was uh, <laughs> if you're like an ideas guy like me, you know, if you're someone, you know, just always kind of thinking. Uh, slow down a little bit, especially if you're younger. Like, don't be don't be afraid to move fast and break things in the old Facebook mantra. But also slow down. Bef like once you like move fast and break things, man. That just means like once you commit, like go. But maybe slow down a bit before you commit to like solving the like the Uber of refrigerators. Like think about it for a minute. Like think about what you're really trying to do. Um, I saw this app that, or this startup that had raised $50 million, burned every single dollar for the investors. Uh, and it was a debit card. It's, it was looked like a debit card, but it was like digital. And it allowed you to add all of your different credit cards in one physical device. Cool idea, right? Like if I'm just telling you that, we're like 
smoking a little bit of weed or something. And I'm like, I got this out. You'd be like, yeah, that's dope. These guys actually went out and built it until they realized $50 million later that everyone would just rather have it on their phone. And like, this is, I don't like, I don't care about carrying one card versus five cards in my wallet. Like, I don't care. I just don't want to carry anything. Right. Like what a stupid idea in execution. Right. Even though they built a beautiful product. Right. So like, that's just an example. Uh, and that's just, I think, learning from a couple of my failures. So if anyone listening can learn from a couple of my failures, then I think that's beneficial. Uh, once I got into crypto, I, I was in it for the love. I, I stayed for the just the passion of the, the startup uh, ecosystem that was building within the, the new financial sector. I think that's just so intriguing and mind-blowing. And over the last four years, uh, I've slowly become an entrepreneur within the space as I've found my lane, as I found what I do have a passion for solving. Okay, so you you covered a lot there. I just want to do kind of a brief recap for anyone listening, um, because I think you touched on so many important topics there, and I really just want to reiterate them. Um, You started off by saying, you know, every 18 to 24 year old is trying to be this entrepreneur, and I think it's very glamorized. um, And so much. Yeah, everyone, you know, there's money being thrown around. You're having a ball. You're working for yourself. Um, you don't have this boss and yeah, for like 2% of us, exactly It's just on Instagram. It looks like it's everyone. So then you have, so then listen, kids, if you're, if you are in this demographic right now, listen to me, let me tell you something right now. Being an entrepreneur is terrible. It's almost always, (laughs) almost always until those fleeting moments when it's not and it's all for this greater vision and belief in yourself so like if you have this unrelent like i wake up every day knowing like yo i'm like one day closer to when i can fuck off and do whatever i want like that's what keeps me going every day but most people like they just need a routine and they're better off going to work and and ultimately like there's just brilliant people out there building brilliant things at other people's companies so just really think about it yeah, before you commit in everyone hates work but I feel like that doesn't change once you quit your job and you're working for Dude, yourself. you work harder. Yeah, you're going to work harder. It's still work. You know, a lot of people say that they'd rather work 80 hours for themselves than 40 hours for somebody else. And I, I say I, that all the time. I agree with that. And that's I why I'm it. doing it. And that's why you're doing it. But I don't think everyone's cut out for it. Um, Definitely so that was just not. one And that's thing. okay. That's yeah. okay. You know how cool it is making 150 like working quote 40 hours a week for some startup and getting stock options and getting like unlimited vacation time like your goal should be find a badass like like you know groundbreaking new startup somewhere and and move your ass across the country if you have to take a chance you know that's what i did with grubhub and they went on to become a 15 billion dollar company now you're not likely to find the next unicorn but it doesn't have to be a unicorn to be like an exceptional work-life balance doing something you absolutely love i didn't run a single side hustle for four of the five years that I was at Grubhub. I had no desire to because I was finally challenged in a way that meant something to me. But it required me to leave everything that I had in life in Florida, where I lived for eight years, and move to Chicago uh, with you know nothing but, you know, seriously a couple of suitcases and six hundred and fifty bucks in the account, you know? And like here we are eight years later. So like, you know, it's it's just it's just take a chance, but you don't necessarily have to take a chance like quit your job and go be a bum on and try to build the Uber refrigerators. Exactly. Yeah. You, you just really need to figure out if this life is for you. Um, and it's hard to do that while you're working. Um, but you know, you can't, like you were saying, you can't just really, you know, dive headfirst into this. You really need to slow down and think about it before you do move fast and break things like you were saying. Um, so you had those two, you know, 
bar ideas um, and you really you were trying to find this problem and then build a solution for it and that yep. wasn't really working um, and you said Correct. you dropped you know a decent amount of money into it it was you know tens of thousands of dollars into these apps um, that just didn't end up working so can we talk about that kind of turning point you said you were doing you know market research you were going out to these bars and you realized that these bar owners were like no this isn't for me um so i i guess that would be the turning point but can you talk about you know kind of that light switch that went off where you're like okay i need to pivot i need to start something else and then making that change and you know after failing what did you do to say all right i'm gonna start my next venture yeah so in order for business to succeed, there's two core ingredients necessary. One, it has to be a viable business. And two, there has to be passion uh, from the team, the people running it. So in multiple instances, I had a viable business that I wasn't passionate about. Like solving mobile payments for bars will be and it can be a viable business. Absolutely. That's not some dumb shit idea. Mm -hmm. It's just like not easy to implement and something that I'm not I, and I wasn't cut out to solve. I was the wrong guy. I was the wrong entrepreneur for the job. Um, now I have passion and a viable business, you know, which is a good solution. But when I failed, it wasn't hard for me to go on to the next one for starters. Like, you know, I, I think it was helpful that I was young, but I was also in a very different place in my life at that point. I had a lot of different responsibilities, um, without getting into too many details. And so like at that time, I, you know, I was way big of a risk, bigger of a risk taker than I probably should have been. Like I, I would have been just, I think I still would have found my way to like Grubhub and then into the startup community and then into my own businesses. I think I would have found, I think I would have gotten here anyways, had I not like done those two startups in particular, because I always had like side hustles and was always trying different things that weren't costing me as much money. Um, I, I guess my point is I, I, I typically am just working because I, I like to do it. Like the things that I'm working on, I, I truly enjoy doing. I spent three years teaching myself how to build websites because I knew I wasn't going to be able to afford a front end web developer and any product I was going to come up with was going to need a website. So I spent years teaching myself on the internet for free how to build websites. Um, and now like I've built the entire front end of both Lunar Group and which is Lunar Capital's website and Lunar Invest. Like I built those websites and I'm a sales manager. So like, to get through failure, I think you have to just have this belief in yourself that you can plug the gaps. Like you can, you can fill the gaps yourself, whether it's convincing someone to join your team or convincing an investor to put money into you or, you know, convincing a customer to buy from you. Um, those are basically the, one of the three sales that you need in order to be a successful entrepreneur. You need to either sell an investor, sell a customer or sell a teammate. I mean that, but uh, you got to do one of those three in order to survive. There we go. I think I think the biggest thing you talked about there was this idea that you need one a viable business and then two passion, um, because I feel like, like you were saying, mobile payments for bars, it's definitely a viable business, but there was no passion there. Um, and I mean, dude, how many people are so passionate about what should just be a hobby? You know, like they're they're like, I don't know. I mean, there's so many examples of just bad businesses where you're yeah. just like, dude, that's never going to scale, or like that's just not something that people want. Yeah, in a way yeah. that you can do it, you know, I don't know. No, I, I completely agree. And I think that finding that balance between both what you're passionate about and is this an actual business, um, it really allows you to, when you, you know, start a business, you know, you have this company and it's not working out. If you can take a look at it and be like, okay, yes, I'm very passionate about this, or I do have this actual viable business. 
that's that's the way you can really brush it off is okay i don't have the passion for it or this isn't something that can actually be a business so i like that you touched on those two um and you've kind of given yeah. us now that we've been talking for 35 or so minutes um you've given us past present uh you've given us some of your quote unquote failures i hate people who call them failures because you do you know <laughs> learn something from every one of them and you've kind of given us what you've learned from your past failures um, so now let's talk about going forward. Um, I know you said that Lunar's launching. Um, can you talk to us about you know anything else that you guys have in the pipeline? What what you're most excited for in the next twelve months? I mean, yeah, if we're looking out twelve months, um, you know, I'm really uh, passionate about the wealth tech product that we're building right now. So it's starting as an MVP, right? Because as an entrepreneur, I want to put out a minimum viable product. Uh, I don't want to spend months and months and months working on bells and whistles. It took a long time to get the platform where it is today, but that was not development time. The development time has been relatively short to build, to actually execute and build the MVP. Um, and so, you know, it's it's a product that allows you to instantly and kind of easily use, you know, access your Bitcoin that you have sitting on an exchange where we know most people leave their crypto and then instantly invest that into uh, either a custom portfolio or an index. Um, and instantly move in and out of cash, uh, so to speak, tether, basically. Um, but in the future, I really see uh, an entire uh, investment suite, and that's why I want to hear from different people who are, you know, hugely enthusiastic about this space and who have a lot of money invested into it. In, uh, in terms of what types of, of tools they want, for me, I think it's important to bridge the gap between your crypto portfolio and your investments and your banking. Um, I think it's important to bridge that gap. And so I, I see our team building a product into the future that evolves into a product that services users in a more regular way. So in addition to being a passive way to manage your greater portfolio, you can also keep um, or instantly get access to a multitude of stable coins that you can use to then instantly pay at different merchants, right, for example, or um, different tax uh, harvesting or tax accounting softwares uh, or services are built in. So um, just I think just expanding that, and, and I'm interested to see the feedback we get from users, and we're obviously going to build what they want uh, and go from there. But I really want to see the gap be bridged between crypto and like real life. And it doesn't have to be through Lunar. That's our plan. But, but I think there's a lot of people trying to bridge that gap. Like how do we, how do we like, make crypto more than this like thing that's on a hardware wallet or on an exchange how do we like start to implement it into our real world um you know into the products that we're using and the things that we're buying i feel like everyone's looking for that bridge and you guys are it sounds like you guys are working on we're definitely going to build one it might not turn out to be the strongest or the best or the most efficient but we're confident that it's going to be there we go um that's the bet we're making, but that's our bet, you know, and other people have their bets and um, we'll see, we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And you know, even if you don't, you talked about your minimal, minimal viable product, which is this, you know, index that you can get for this basket of crypto. And if all else fails, I think that is something that the everyday average Joe investor desperately needs in this industry and this space. So do you know how good it would feel like if you know arthur hayes probably feels really good but he knows how many people are getting absolutely housed on his platform oh, for you know sure. how good it will feel to have a platform with hopefully tens maybe hundreds of thousands of users in the next call it 18 months 
that I know have on average outperformed everyone else on earth, you know, hedge funds, active traders, because I'm that confident that an evolving index over time, which can shift for markets, bull markets, bear markets, all seasons, et cetera. I'm convinced that that is going to be the baseline. And if you can't beat that number, then you have no business. It's like the S&P 500. Like it's been like that for since the beginning of time. Exactly. Uh, with indexes say, in the you know. Yeah, I was gonna say in traditional markets, been it's been proven for decades. So. Right. So I'm not some crazy guy like, no, trying to reinvent no. the wheel. I'm just saying, like I really, but you know how good that's gonna feel. And so, you know, that's our goal. Our goal is to empower those. You know, for, for our goal right now is to empower 10,000 crypto users um, to to tap into this technology. When, once we achieve that goal, we'll start looking at other goals. But that is our goal today. That's that's from day one what you guys are going for. I'm really looking forward to this product you guys are rolling out. Um, going to you know have links to your guys' website for anyone who's listening. Um, I want you guys to go check it out. Um, and in the next week or so, um, when things go live, you know you'll be able to actually we're going to take on those first hundred those first hundred users so if you're a listener on the podcast and you hit me up directly or get in touch with us and say hey i heard about you on the podcast we'll guarantee you a spot in those first hundred it's completely free um but it's going to be pretty cool to use right on i'll have uh you know your twitter your website everything to get into contact with you um and for anyone who's listening be a great opportunity right there and hopefully this episode didn't sound like some giant lunar show. That wasn't really the, uh, it's just really putting the, the why behind the what. I think the what is a smaller issue. There's other ways that you can get yourself an index without going through my platform. And I encourage you to do so. But uh, I just, I do hope people found value in um, kind of getting a better understanding of, uh, you know, our thoughts on, or at least my thoughts on. No, it. yeah. I mean, that's why I'm having you on. I want you to talk about yours specifically because, you know, you're yeah. able to sit down and walk me through exactly how everything works you i said you're the expert you said you're not but in my opinion you are the expert on this um and you know i have no problem with you talking about your specific product that's what this whole show is about um so i really appreciate it and i you're being very humble and trying to make this not about you but i i really do want to make it about you guys and lunar and you know the business well, i appreciate that you thank built. you so much of course um so you know we this episode i also focused on you know, failures and, um, failing businesses. Um, and I like to ask a lot of my, um, a lot of the guests that I have on this question. Um, but let's say that lunar, you know, lunar invest, they go under for some reason and they're just, they flop and they're complete failure. And this is all hypothetical. I really hope this doesn't happen, but (laughs) say it does. Same. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So say it does. Um, you know, what's the very first thing that you do to start your next successful venture? Uh, depends how much money I burn between now and then. <laughs> Fair. Uh, it could completely flop after I sell it and I could be chilling. <laughs> um, or, uh, the more likely scenario, it could all go down in a ball of flames, um, in those two scenarios. And obviously, yeah, no one, no one wants to think about that stuff, but at the end of the day, man, it's going to be no different than before. I can't tell you what I would do. I just know that I'm going to do it. I just know that I'm going to like, it's just the, what, there is no other option other than, you know, move forward. So I would say I would probably take a break um, because I fall into the same category of like, dude, maybe you're not cut out for it. It's what I've done for 15 years and loved every moment of having some type of, but maybe I'm more cut out to be the type of dude who makes a couple hundred grand a year 
working for some cool startup that is you know successful uh, and then having some side hustle where I sell Bitcoin t-shirts on the weekend like maybe that's the perfect work-life balance for me um, we'll see and I, th- I think there's nothing wrong like I, there's nothing wrong with being one of those like guys or girls absolutely um, that that's not what I mean by guys uh, just people you know that um, always likes to have your hands in something and like thinking about stuff Maybe it's a podcast about video games or botany. Uh, maybe it's a, a t-shirt hustle. You know, maybe it's your daughter's lemonade stand. But like, there's nothing wrong with like making your living and getting, you know, and having that that security and that routine, and then just having a little side hustle that's only meant to be a side hustle. It doesn't have to take over the world. Uh, and so that that may be the journey that I fall into. Uh, maybe it won't be. Um, I'm not too worried about it though. I'm confident in myself. So I'm, I'm not. Either way, it's gonna be it's gonna be sick. Whatever happens. There we go. Yeah, I, I it's gonna to, be it's gonna be tight. Yeah, no, I, I always hate to kind of put that out there. Oh, you know, what if you fail? What's the next step? Because um, there's a lot of uncertainty and unknowns. But I think you. I'm more worried on... about what if I succeed. Dude, like, <laughs> what if go. I Where succeed? Do you go next? Like, does this? What if the? What if? What if we saw? What if we do bridge that gap? What if it becomes a nine-figure business or a ten-figure business? Or what if it? What if it becomes absolutely unfathomably life-changing? Uh, what if I, that's what I'm terrified of. I've failed a hundred times. I'm used to that. Like, it's not going to be that big of a deal, but if, if this thing pops off, dude, it's going to be next level. And, and, and then, you know, I'll promise you a repeat episode. We can listen back on this and laugh, but we'll see, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're not prepared for that if it goes, you know, astronomically well. Um, but just going, <laughs> not at all, dude, I'll lose my damn mind. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see me in Vegas, just doing all kinds of things. No, I'm just kidding. I, and then eventually I'm a we'll go back to failing if that's what you're doing. <laughs> but, no, um, no, I, I just want to touch on that one thing that you, you did say, you know, if it were to fail, uh, you do what you do. Um, you know, every time you take a step back and you reassess. Um, so for anyone who's going through this right now, who, is maybe on the fence about the business that they're currently working on, um, and they think it might be time to, you know, pivot or start something new. I think it's always a good idea to just, you know, take take a step back, take a little breather, make sure that this is still what you want to do. Um, you know, no, not everyone has to be this entrepreneur who works for themselves. Like you're saying, you can have your day job and then your side hustle. Um, if you do have that kind of entrepreneurial spirit. Um, like a lot of people that are listening to this podcast do, you, you don't need to, you know, dive headfirst into the deep end, um, quit your job and just, <laughs> if you want to, Hey, I have a couple of help numbers that you can call and you can get the support you need. Cause I've been there in that dark place. But, um, I just, I, the general theme I think, man, is just, I support everyone. I don't care what you do. Uh, the world needs, um, doctors too, and firefighters and, and army soldiers and, and, all that stuff as well and they're you know that's kind of the message um but anyone can work on something they're passionate about and the people listening hopefully are passionate about either entrepreneurship or crypto or in some cases both and if that's the case welcome to the club my dude my girl uh glad to have you here and hopefully we can continue to learn from one another i love everything that you just said there um so you know we we've covered so much in this episode i really appreciate it you're someone who i think a lot of people in this space look up to you're living your dream. Um, you're building businesses. You're working with startups. And I, I just really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Um, and I just wanted to ask if there was anything else that you think you missed or that you want my audience to know about yourself, your businesses, or you know, starting their own. I mean, I, 
I guess when you put it that way, you said I'm living my dream. I mean, that's that's a pretty crazy thing. I don't know if I've even had the time to say out loud. Um, you know, truth be told, for a lot of you guys listening too, like again, I was in a good position a couple of years ago when I finally decided for the second time ever to go all in and, and like quit my job and everything. And I've made consistently less money working for myself than I did working for this massive startup that was usually successful all for this greater good as well. So it's not like I'm just like balling, you know, I'm balling on a budget. I'll tell you that right now. Um, but I'm, but I do have the time freedom. I do wake up every day. Uh, and, I, and, you know, I'm fortunate to live in a beautiful place and in a beautiful city and have the, the freedom to spend my day how I want working on things I'm passionate about. Uh, if it's something that, that you want, you know, hopefully you already have the, I, I, I don't recommend you to go out and like try to solve a problem you're not passionate about. But if you, if you're really passionate about something, just spend as much time doing it as you can. And if you can find a way to make money doing it, then I support you 100%. And if you fail, like, who cares? And go back to your day job, you know? There's always another job you can go get. There's always another business you can start. I hit my I hit my old ma- I hit my old boss up, the, the VP of sales at Grubhub. I hit him up at least once a month and remind him, Bitcoin's not back to 20K. You know I might need this job back. And it's been 19 <laughs> months, 20 months. I'm going to let you know. I might need that job back. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't reply, but I'm confident. I'm confident he'll pick up if I call. I was I was good at my job. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just want the kind of overarching message of this episode to be don't be scared of failure. Um, there's people like yourself um, that have failed multiple times and have picked themselves back up, brushed the dirt off, and have continued pushing forward. Um, so just, you know, I'm a glutton for punishment. So I worked in sales. I recommend that to anyone listening who is especially young enough to, who's like, not, Hey, how do I make some money? Like, I'm not really digging this paper out. Like dude, work in sales. Um, you know, so before failing in entrepreneurship six, seven times, uh, you know, you fail a hundred times a day on the phone in sales. And so you just, I don't know, maybe I'm a glutton for punishment, but it does, uh, it does seem to correlate, I think in building strong character, um, traits that I think are valuable for an entrepreneur to have. So that's my, I leave you with that work in sales. And then remember SW, 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 SW. That just stands for some will, some won't. So what? Someone's waiting. Go get them. <laughs> Beautiful. I, I think that's all we need. That's I think a perfect end of this episode. Um, so, <laughs> so again, I really, I always have fun. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming on. It's been an honor. Well, the honor is mine, my friend. I, I appreciate you uh, thinking of me. And hopefully whoever listens in uh, gets a little bit of value, a little bit of entertainment out of this. And of course, do not ever hesitate to hit me up. On Twitter, I'm at Bitcoin Birch. I pretty much talk to anyone because, uh, again, I just sit in my house all day pretty much by myself. So um, I'm alone and I'm lonely and you can you can call me if you need me. There we go, guys. We'll have that in the description um, in the show notes. We've got we'll have his Twitter. <laughs> we'll have the website. Um, so Birch is alone. <laughs> please, for his sake hit him up on Twitter um, so he feels a little bit less lonely. All right, guys, that wraps up another episode. And I just want to take a quick second to ask you a huge favor. If you found anything in the episode helpful or it's been inspiring to you in any way, I just ask that you share it with your friends, family, anyone you know on social media, um, and hopefully we can help them out as well. Have a good one.